It's just after 6 a.m. Come on! And it's time to get this show on the road. Let's go! The city wakes up now to the 947 Breakfast Express. Can I get a oh yeah? Hello everybody, good morning. Good morning. Where is everybody? <laughs> Wait, they're coming. Here you go. Oh, hello, hello. <laughs> What's that hello. Sorry, sorry, I was editing. Where, where, where's, where's Jacob? He, oh, he's coming, he's getting coffee quickly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, uh, how's that heist yesterday, last night? Hey. At O.R. Tambo. Yeah. What Sings like a Hollywood movie. Oh, sorry, I obviously was sleeping already. Yeah, no, it happened late last night. Okay. Um, guys, apparently still details sketchy. Mm. Guys broke into an aircraft that just landed. 24 odd million stolen. While the passengers were on the plane. No, I think it was a money transporter plane. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It could. I mean, I don't know any plane that... It, holds that sort of money just yeah. on any given day mm. must have been transporting money for some reason but there's a lot of, a lot of dodgy stuff happening outside of the airport there eh? yeah people getting followed home and robberies taking place sort mm. of thing yeah yeah there's, there's a bit of that yeah yeah so uh yeah jakes uh, let us know as soon as you know more about that heist yeah 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 uh, how crazy is that heist apparently they drove out in police vans <coughs> Yeah, like Ocean's Eleven set up. Ocean's Eleven on, kind of vibes, yeah. and they yeah. got away. They got away. Imagine you are the guy who, like, orchestrated all of this, and now you're sitting here in the morning. It could be one of us here. We're yeah. sitting here at work, and you're just like, "Yeah, I'm 20 million rand richer." Mm. Stolen money. They estimate that it's 20 million rand. It sure. could be more, could be less. So, did these guys like drive out onto the runway? Yeah, because and they get the aircraft as it landed. Yes, they have to have access to the runway, and that's only available for officials who work at the airport and obviously police. So they're obviously masquerading as officers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, quite brazen. Mm. To unpack twenty-four million rand—that's mm. not a quick job. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that, that, that's, that's a big job. Yeah. It sounds like an inside job. Though. No, it's obviously how do you get all job. that access and clearance and vehicles? And no, yeah. never mind that. And how, know do which plane? how do you know which yeah. plane which is plane landing? Is, yeah. An SAA yeah. plane is landing with this as my amount of money. Yeah, because if you had to take hundred rand notes, yeah, you would probably fit uh, two hundred thousand rand in a two-liter ice cream container. Yeah, two hundred thousand rand two-liter ice cream container. Yeah. That's the big one. And then, so take five of those, that's a million. Yeah. So it's about. Take a hundred of those, you're looking at 20 million. Mm. About 120. That's a lot of ice cream to unpack <laughs> in a very short space of time. When I did Survivor, though, that million rand was literally in a, in a, a briefcase. Yeah. The entire mm. million rand was held mm. in a briefcase. Yeah. yeah. So just 24 briefcases and you're, mm. you're good to go. You're in. Sure. Okay, well, well, I'm sure that's going to break all day, Jake. Yeah, definitely a big one. I know uh, Golani downstairs will be speaking to the SAPS and the Hawks. What are you going to say? He's going to be speaking to the crook. No, no, no. <laughs> He's speaking to the Hawks to get an update on the investigation. Okay, well, we'll see if we can get the crook. <laughs> we'll give the other side of the story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it be interesting. Maybe it's pension money. Hey, this Actually, guy, he's going to take it and he's going to pay out the um, salsa grants. The, the salsa yeah. grants. <laughs> Imagine that Robin Hood, eh? <laughs> this morning, we've got uh, 
Hall of Frame prank coming up uh, probably just shy of one hour from now. Guess who we've got coming in today? Two Navy SEALs. Oh, yeah. Two Navy SEALs. Jocko, Willink, and Leif Babin. They're in South Africa for a very interesting talk, Mm. a leadership talk. So uh, you guys are going to have to have to restrain me and make sure this interview (laughs) is good. It it might be a bit David (laughs) Getterish. It's going to be difficult. All right, so we need to establish a mechanism. If I'm going a bit too much, yeah. Oh, how we rein it back? You, then you guys are gonna pull it back. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. I don't know how we're gonna do that. No. But okay. <laughs> don't know. We're gonna have to devise a plan. All right. Keyword or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we are open for business on the WhatsApp telephone 079-903-5417. Not the first Navy Seal we've had on the show. We've had Marcus Luttrell. We've had uh, Billy Allman. I'm gonna have to. We're racking up these Navy SEALs, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've almost assembled a SEAL Team Six. <laughs> <laughs> our very own. Uh, our very own SEAL Team Six. Yeah. And these guys, all of them that we have spoken to, all like best of the best, eh? Yeah. Best yeah. of the best. Yeah, they made movies about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Flight <laughs> <laughs> <Play> cool. <laughs> Easy. You've got Easy. this. You've got, you you can, got this. You can bring me Justin Bieber. You can bring me. Any A-list celeb, pop star, movie star, you know me. I don't get, like, worked up about it. Bring me a Navy SEAL. What is it about the Navy SEALs? The fact they've been there, done the training, seen the combat. I just see them as these gladiator warrior heroes. Yeah. Mm. You know, they go where nobody goes. Yeah. They do bad things to bad people. Yeah. Yeah. For a good reason. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible. Can't wait to chat to them. If you have any questions you'd like to ask, hey, here's your opportunity. Uh, Fire them through to the WhatsApp telephone, all right? That number again, 079-903-5417. A lot of the questions coming in through for the Navy SEALs that are entering this uh, studio later are women wanting to marry these guys. Do you know that uh, Navy SEALs have little success in marriage? Yeah, unfortunately. We've, we've spoken about this with Marcus Luttrell and Billy Allman. Mm. Not the easiest person to be married to. Yeah. For the simple reason is that they just like there one day and then, okay, I'm going. Oh, where are you going? I can't tell you. Yeah, exactly. How long are you going for? I don't know. Mm. Yeah. It all sounds very dodgy. Yeah, what did Billy say? They called it a one bag or a two bag. Or a two bag, yeah. So one no bag, doubt. it's not going to be long two bags. It's going to be a while. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. no definitive time period. Yeah. Now, imagine if you're an insecure wife sure. and you go, all right, well, I don't know. It could be three months. It could be four months. <laughs> I don't know which continent. I can't even tell you which continent I'm going to. Yeah. And then when he comes back, so how was it? Can't tell you. Can't tell you. Oh. Where did you go? Can't tell you. Mm. Do you know? Now imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know how you could abuse that? Of course. Yeah. Hey, tonight we're going out. Four guys. Can't tell you. Won't tell you where we're going. <laughs> and you're back tomorrow at uh, 6 a.m. smelling like cheap perfume. Yeah. Ah, you know, 
hostage situation in Thailand. Yeah, spies, sure. Oh, Crazy. But somehow quick though, eh? <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, were, they looked like guys, but they were girls. It was so confusing. There were ping pong balls everywhere. They came at us with table tennis bats. <laughs> oh, wow. All right, uh, the 10,000 Rand Pop Quiz. Here's your qualifying question. Which Fences actress has been named Harvard Foundation's 2017 Artist of the Year? All right, which Fences actress has been named the Harvard Foundation's 2017 Artist of the Year? Your answer right now, please, to 32947. We've got our song coming up this morning. And uh, we are struggling to find the actual song. It's that rare that very... We've never actually never found the song. Mm. How are we doing on finding the song request, Vin? Uh, I found a live version. A live version. Yeah, that's right. about as close as I can get so far. Okay, it might have to do. Okay. Our song. And it's a goodie too. Here in about 10 to 15 minutes. But uh, the 10,000 Rand Pop Quiz will do that next. Take your chances. 10 grand could be yours. Ladies and gentlemen, this is it. Joburg's biggest pop quiz. 10,000 Rand in cash. 10 questions, 60 seconds. Joburg South's premier entertainment destination. Gold Reef City. Pure Josie. Pure Gold. Joburg's biggest breakfast show, The Breakfast Express. Savanya, good morning. Morning. How are you doing? Wakey, wakey, rise and shine. I'm I'm wide awake. I'm on the way to work. <laughs> ah, what time do you crack on with your day? Oh, half past seven. Uh, oh, start. Oh, me. I sorry. I wake up at half past five. Ah, okay. All right. Are you ready for ten grand? I am. I'm so nervous. Okay, where are you calling us from, Savanya? I'm from Centurion. Centurion, okay. Where do you have to get to, Joburg? Pretoria East. All right, so you're going the other way. All righty. Yes. Okay. Listen up here. Okay, all right. I'm going to play you an advert, and then you need to listen, because I'm going to ask you a question about it. Right, here we go. If you're a black card holder at Monte Casino, Gold Reef City or Silver Star, take your dreams for a spin with Dream Chaser. For the first time ever, this exclusive Gauteng black card holder promotion puts you in play to win one of three Maserati Ghiblis and cash, all worth over a staggering 9 million rand. Dream Chaser at Monte Casino, Gold Reef City and Silver Star until 31 March. Exclusive to black card holders. Catch it if you can. Soho Sun proudly supports the National Responsible Gambling Program. Winners know when to stop. Only persons over 18 are permitted to gamble. National Problem Gambling Counseling toll-free helpline 0800-006-008. All right, Savanya. Yeah? yeah. What car has been giving away in Soho? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maserati. That's correct. Maserati Ghibli. How much is that thing worth, Jax? Uh, just a little over a bar. 1.2 million round about there. 1.6, yeah. 1.2. Wow. Depending hey. on your spec. Mm-hmm. Well, just for that answer, you and your partner, Savanya, have you got a partner? Yes, I do. <laughs> All right. You've got a one-night stay, including breakfast and access to the theme park at Goldrich City. Wow. Thank you, guys. Sweet. Okay. You ready for 10,000 rand? I hope so. Well, you better be, because it's coming, (laughs) and it's coming in hot. Here we go. Your time starts now. 
who, according to Donald Trump, was fired as host of Celebrity Apprentice. Shit. Divide is the name of the new album by which Shape of You singer? Ed Sheeran. Which is a comedian mm-hmm. has been named one of Time Magazine's Next Generation leaders? Trevor Noah. Yep. With which sport would you associate Mornay Morkel? Cricket. Yep. Spell the word feminism. F E M I. N-I-S-I-M What nationality is actor Ryan Gosling? Canadian Which closer do you have matched the Beatles with three songs in the Hot 100's Top 10? Sorry, could you repeat the question? Which closer do you have matched the Beatles with three songs in the Hot 100's Top 10? Justin Bieber Which the girl on the train actress stars in the upcoming movie Mary Poppins Returns? Oh, shit. She looks like Katy Perry. Uh, okay, Skip. Complete the celebrity couple, Miley Cyrus and... Um... Skip. Kuala Lumpur is the capital city of which Asian country? Malaysia. It was after the gong. Look, it's not on the on the 10,000 rand question. Only Gosh. then am I ruthless with that rule. So I'll give it to you now. You got five out of ten. Okay, it's far right. better than I expected. Yeah, that's uh, 1,000 rand though. Thank you so much. Okay, who according to Donald Trump was fired as host of Celebrity Apprentice, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Better watch that. <laughs> and a lady who can't spell the word feminism? <laughs> I, I'm under pressure. <laughs> <laughs> F-E-M-I-N-I-S-M. I knew I put an extra I. Write it down. Remember it. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Isn't it Women's Day today? Yeah. International, yes. International Women's Day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can't spell feminism on your day? <laughs> I'm under pressure. I'm so nervous because I got him by fluke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Which closer duo has matched the Beatles with three songs in the Hot 100's top ten? It's the Chainsmokers. Chainsmokers. Mm-hmm. And which the girl on the train actress stars in the upcoming movie Mary Poppins Returns? It's Emily Blunt. Miley Cyrus, dating who? Liam something. Hemsworth. Correct. Yeah. Oh, All right. Thank All right. you. Well, look, all in, nice package. A grand and a night stay at Gold Reef City. Cool. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Cool, Savanya. Take care, hey? Okay, you guys are amazing. <laughs> cool. Thank you. Ciao. Bye-bye. Bye. That was it. The 10,000 Rand Pop Quiz with Gold Reef City. Pure Josie. Pure Gold. In four ways, an accident on Cedar Road at Uranium near Cedar Square causing delays there. Phil, yeah? They are here. What, outside the window? Yes. <laughs> We've got Navy SEALs <laughs> outside the studio. <laughs> I wonder if they've packed one bag or two. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, Phil, yeah. do your traffic. Okay. Your moments, your song. Our song on the 947 Breakfast Express. Heinrich. Yes. Darren, yeah, Breakfast Express. What well, Darren? Cool, my man. All right. That's good. You're on for our song, brother. Tell us about Charles. 
there's absolutely never a dull moment with this guy. He's actually the one who made me stop smoking. I started to run, so we run races together, we gym together, we party together. Like I say, never a dull moment. Is uh, Charles in charge? Charles is in charge. <laughs> uh, he keeps me young. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, how old are you? Because only old people say that. <laughs> well, there's a seven-year difference between between us. So I'm 37, and he's now 30. You're in the same so, uh, decade. That's totally same decade, fine. Yeah. So yeah. it's worth a half hour. Um, uh, no. Over five years is no. a half No, no, no. Heinrich's going to have to do better than that. He's <laughs> got to do. you got to be in a different decade. You know what oh, I'm saying? Okay. A different 10 year block to okay. get an okay. honorable half five. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, we don't just throw half five. No, 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 no. I've never heard of the song Richter's. Yeah, it's actually an Afrikaans song. Yeah. I know it's a strange request. Uh, the song is actually about uh, Richter's scale where. Normally you give a score out of 10 or something and then you'll judge them at 12 or 15 or whatever. So this song is all about how much you mean to a person. Yeah, he's basically a 12 on my Richter scale, which gives me butterflies every day and just makes my world go round. Okay, I'm trying to get the reference because a 12 on the Richter scale is total destruction. It's total destruction, yeah. So it destroys my world completely. Yeah. This is a 12 in terms of beauty and what you mean to that person. Okay. Isn't the highest value 10? So you're exaggerating. (laughs) (laughs) I'm exaggerating. (laughs) I think a 12 on the Richter scale is Armageddon. Yeah. The world will just be leveled. Okay. Anyways. (laughs) All right, Heinrich. We're going to call Charles now. Do you call him Chuck at all? No, Charlie. All right, let's call Charles. You do the talking up front, all right? Hello? Hello, my Superman. How are you? Good on you. Good Tell me quickly, what's that song that I played for you two and a half years ago? Um, the one, I think it's the one from Arnie, Arnie Jordan. Yeah, what's the name? Rechterskal. <laughs> That's it. Charlie. Yes, wicked. Ah, you know. <laughs> Felicity, Brad, how are you guys? What's Good, happening? hello, Charles. You know what's happening, clearly? Yes, I know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Why uh, did it take so long to answer? <laughs> hey, guys, don't fight them, uh, man. Come on. <laughs> no, this is a beautiful <laughs> moment. <laughs> you, 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 you. <laughs> Listen, 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 Heinrich. Have your fight later. Don't ruin a beautiful moment with your hostile line of questioning. (laughs) Heinrich, Charles obviously means a hell of a lot to you, otherwise, you wouldn't have done an our song request. So don't fight, say something nice. I just want to say to you, you are my sunshine in the morning when I open my eyes, my moonlight in the evening when I go to sleep. Thanks for all the motivation, the inspiration, everything that you mean to me in my life. I really appreciate it. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. That's really nice. Um, it means a lot to me and thanks for, for so many months together so far. And many more to come. 
What was <laughs> what language was that last sentence you said? Many more to come. What does that mean? <laughs> Many more to come. I swear it sounded like some <laughs> Eastern Bloc. Many more to come. Okay, maybe you guys were Bulgarian. And I didn't know. <laughs> All right, guys, that's lovely. Listen, we're going to get your song on. Arno, your dance Richter scale. It's Arno Jordan on the Breakfast Express Richter skull. So, yeah, man, Charles. Charles, I don't know what language that man talks at times. Yeah. But, uh, I mean. And many more to come. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and many more to come. And many more to come. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Right, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Charles. I think the emotion, he got caught up and stumbled a bit on his words. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you bought the gun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen, uh, Prank Hall of Fame coming up uh, after 7 o'clock. And uh, also, two Navy SEALs in studio. Sure. Sure. Old uh, producer Lebs was in the lift with uh, them and she says yeah. the, the presence that surrounds them yeah. is incredible. You went out and met them now. How did... Yeah, uh, I'm trying to contain myself, Brad. Yeah. yeah. Trying to contain myself and act cool, you know? I've never seen you like this. Yeah. Before. I'm very giddy, eh? Yeah, you're, very giddy. Yeah, it's hard to describe. It's like uh, like when you meet your hero. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, when yeah, I met yeah. uh, Robbie Fowler, yes, at that Liverpool golf day, I mm. was had a similar expression on my face. Mm. Although mm. I didn't have to do an interview with him. Mm. Luckily, we'll, we'll we'll see how this goes. <laughs> 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 all right, look, you can all, we'll also take some questions from you as well because I mean uh, we've had a, a few Navy Seals on the show. Marcus Luttrell, we've had Billy Allman. Um, we're soon going to have a guy called Craig Sawyer. It's also, all oh, these guys are just incredible human beings. And uh, today, two more. Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. First time in the flesh, though. Yep. So it's a different level. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, that's all coming up after 7 o'clock. Also, what's happening at the courthouse with Shoki Mashokwa. And you know what's the worst thing? Today I'm dressed to play golf. I'm going to play golf today. Mm. So I come half dressed in civilian clothing and half dressed in golf clothing. Mm. But I think that's better than wearing the Navy SEAL stuff. Yeah. Because I don't... No, I'd never. I told like, you I'd never. Yeah. Don't tell them they're outside. They can maybe... No, yeah. I'm not... Don't tell okay. them I got a Navy SEAL t-shirt, Brad. No. Because <laughs> <laughs> like you said, they don't appreciate the fandom. Uh, no. No, they're not about the glory. That's the thing. And that's why they get into it. Uh, yeah. Because they want to do it on the lowdown. That's it. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. it. Do you own camo pants? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't have camo pants, Felicity. But he owns a white belt that he has on today. <laughs> that's because, Jacob. That's because my golf shoes are white. Yeah, but I thought we uh, spoke about. And it's for about, later. I thought we spoke about this white belt there. Is it leather? It doesn't matter what yeah, it is. It's, yes, but it's it a is. white belt. What does that matter even? I need your wife's mm. number. I have to call her to get that out of your cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> a white belt. You're a grown ass man, dude. White belt. 
what belt? But my golf shoes are white. That's why it should match. No. Yeah, but with a pair of black pants. I mean, Jesus. Well, rather just wear a black belt, Darren. If there's yeah. no other belt, be the safe belt, black belt. Have course. you got white socks on as well? No. Because then that would have looked fantastic. What are the Navy <laughs> SEAL guys going to say about your white belt? Well, I know. I've got to go do my hair and everything now. Nice. <laughs> got to go do my hair. <laughs> Can we do news, please? Let's do news. I'm getting properly roasted on our WhatsApp telephone. 079-903-5417. They've just given me an official Navy SEAL combat cap, guys. Yeah, no, it's very cool. <laughs> this is like... But this is not stuff you buy at the merchandise store. This is official issue stuff. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> yes, you are. Losing my mind. You Oaks, and, and okay, Oaks, you can roast. Go, roast ahead. Listen what's coming in. Morning, Breakfast Express. I have a question for Darren. Wicked, do you like the Navy SEALs because they men in uniform? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, here we go, some more. I love how Darren has a boy crush on the Navy SEALs. I totally get it, but mm-hmm. it's a boy crush. The Oaks are killing me. Yes, it is, though. The Oaks are absolutely <laughs> killing me. It's a boy crush. But it's a the boy worst crush. one, yesterday after my Freudian slip, mm. which was Vin just, just played my Freudian slip when I was talking about um, <laughs> pranking people when they are on the edge and ready to blow. You know, a guy's ready to blow. Yeah. And I just phone in and I blow, and I blow him. <laughs> <laughs> Freudian slips. And now this is coming in on the WhatsApp phone. Hey, Darren, you must be careful you don't blow a seal today. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, people. This is a big moment for me. On the day you're supposed to be shining. <laughs> you're getting roasted. You're getting roasted terribly, dude. <laughs> and then today, later on, I think I'm playing golf with Ernie Els. What? Yeah, today's a hell of a day for me, Oaks. Wow. Else else for autism. I'm playing in the day today. That's fantastic, dude. Yeah, so let's see. I don't know. But uh, (laughs) first, Hall of Fame prank coming up. It's number eight of all time. This is 947 Breakfast Express. Here's another one of Wackhead Simpson's world-famous phone pranks. Without insurance, you always get something out. To see what you can get out, SMS out to triple four nine five. All right, so if Trevor knows 130 million rand Manhattan penthouse has left you a little green, how about adding a little extra green to your wallet? SMS out to triple four nine five, and our insurance will either beat what you're currently paying for your car insurance or give you 400 rand if they can't. And if you haven't had a car claim for three years, they'll make it 800 rand. Either way, you'll have the last laugh. So do it now. SMS out to triple four nine five. Our insurance is an authorized FSP, TCs, and standard rates apply. Okay, so we find ourselves at number eight of all time on my prank list. And uh, today, this was uh, something that I, uh, I, I, it was at a time when I was like, I just want to do something different. And I was offered uh, celebrity A-list interviews. And I thought, well, look, I'm going to mess with these guys. And I invented a thing called a prank of you, an interview, but I'm actually pranking the guy he doesn't know, right? Yeah. And... Uh, we always in the radio industry. We 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 kind of um, mock the guys from back in the day that used to do this job. The, yeah. the not not all of them. The, just there were certain types of DJs that tried so hard to be a DJ that you put on this fake voice. Mm. 
they would have all these little riddles that they used to say. It was cheesy, cheesy, cheesy radio, you know. One-liners. One-liners and that was the way that they did things back in the early 80s, you know. Um, So when we get this interview, we we always get the exclusive for these interviews. You know, it's just simple mathematics, number one radio station, number one show, right? So... They go all in because you must understand that these guys don't want to sit and do interview after interview after interview. So they literally give it to the best station show where they're going to get the most coverage. So the person being interviewed thinks this is the number one show in the country that they are about to come to. And this guy, Mr. James Blunt, had just released his new album. He was about to come here for a tour called... um, the new album at that time was called All the Lost Souls. Yeah. All right. So I've gone. I've done a bit of production work. I'm waiting for the phone to ring because they always call you. You never call them. And I'm waiting for that phone to ring. And this is how that interview went. Okay. They're calling. Answer that phone, Celebus. Push that line. Hello. This is the Wacket Hotline. Hello. Hi. Am I speaking? Hello, this is James. Hi, James. Um, it's Wackett's producer. Can you hold on two secs? He's running back from the toilet. Literally two oh, secs. Don't worry. Oh, sure. I shouldn't have had that curry last night. <laughs> Hello, James. Hey there, how's it going? How's it? It's Wackett Simpson. Yeah, how you doing? Yeah, indeed. Okay, you just hold on right there. We're going live now. Oh yes, so what a fabulous song that is. Definitely one of my favourites. Hey everybody, you know what time it is. Howdy doody, time to rise and shine. Rack it in the morning, <laughs> six to nine every morning. Waking you up in the morning. Currently number four on the market, and we are so proud of that. It's working in the morning, and today, ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special treat for you. We're going to do an interview, and he's holding on the line all the way from London, England. It's a very good day, and a special welcome to James. How are you doing, James? Yeah, really well, thank you. And I'm cool too, thanks for not asking. So, James, <laughs> we here on the Wacket in the Morning Show, we would really like to know what makes this man, James, tick. Because, of course, a man with many hits on this radio station. So tell us, James, what inspired you to write the song? Well, actually, it's my favourite song. What inspired you to write that song, Undiscovered? Um, you know, that definitely wasn't my song, but I can understand your confusion. It's early in the morning. Um, well, are you... Are you not James Morrison? Well, no, maybe I've, maybe I've called the wrong number. Um, is, are you this James then? Are, are you that James, mate? Uh, w- w- which James are you then? Um, I'm just another one of them. Uh, are you that, that you're beautiful, mate? <laughs> is that right? Yeah, exactly. That's the one. Okay. You're you're obviously, you're well briefed. 
Uh, yeah, mate. Uh, I'm sorry. Just a little bit of a hiccup here in the NDB. You must understand. It's quite busy. Us winning the World Cup and all. You know, we just uh, just a little bit. How did you uh, feel with us beating England in that World Cup? Sadly, I missed the match. Yeah. So now, James, um, tell us a, a little bit about the new album. It's called um, it's called All the Arsehole. Sorry, All the Lost. You're having difficulty reading. It's called All the Lost Souls. All the Lost Souls. That right, mate. Yes, yes. (laughs) Uh, Tell us us about it. How long did it take you to record? It took about three and a half months uh, to record with a a band uh, in uh, in Los Angeles. And uh, you've heard of that place. Hey, James, stop being so blunt. (laughs) (laughs) Now, obviously, well, what we read for you in the newspapers is a lot of all the tabloid trash. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, my perspective on it is that uh, as humans, we're kind of capable of much more. And in this day and age, we've got things like global warming and climate change to, uh, to think about and focus on. And we've got a couple of wars going on. And we need to focus on those and rectifying that and, uh, and poverty and disease around the world, particularly in Africa. Um, and, uh, you know, and those things are just more relevant for us to talk about than who's wearing knickers in Hollywood tonight. Exactly. So, so is it true that you are dating that model Petra Nemkova? <laughs> <laughs> so as I was saying, uh, you know, to even talk about someone's private life, um, to focus on those things, to call them a celebrity when they're a musician, it just makes your own world uh, a little bit more shallow. And, uh, and maybe it's all of our responsibility to talk about the magic in music and the great communicator yeah. that is music. Yeah, because we were all debating, is she Brazilian? <laughs> um, I wonder, you're probably a back, crack and sack person yourself. No, actually I get a little bit of a rash, you know, but, but anyway. James, I'll tell you what, why don't we open it up to the, to the callers and uh, we will take some calls. Uh, go on, put them on. Let's go to the lines. What would you like to ask James Blood? Give me a call now, 8838947. Caller one, you're live on the Wackhead Telephone. Hello, Wackhead. Yes, hello, who we got there? It's Jake from Cape Town. How are you doing, Jake? I'm doing actually quite good because I've finally gotten through to you and I can tell you how really crap your show is. It sucks. You're a cock DJ. What? You're the worst I've ever heard on radio. Why Ex- don't you just get off air, get Ex- another DJ to fill in for you. You suck. Excuse, excuse me, Jake. <laughs> what? That's not a very nice thing to say. I don't care. You suck. Oh, uh, listen, okay. I'm just going to cut you right off there. What, no, whoa, whoa, whack it. Whoa. Listen to this, mate. <laughs> you, you, I just wanted to say again. You suck ass. Uh, all right, that's enough from you. Oh, my goodness. I tell you, we've got all sorts calling us here. I, I really apologize for that, no, Mr. James. Quite all right. but, you, know, you can't really predict them when you're going live, eh? I, I wonder. I wonder. Anyway, carry on. This sounds fun. Okay, let's go back to the lines live on the Wackhead telephone. I do believe we have Kathy in Johannesburg. We have James Blunt on the line from London. No... It's Cathy from Johannesburg. No, Cathy, I, I, I know. I'm saying we have James Blunt on the line from London. Yes. Yeah, so must I make my dedication first? Or is he going to? <laughs> Cathy, Cathy, we have James Blunt on the line from London, the international superstar. Right. Okay. Uh, well, in that case, he can make his dedication first because uh, <laughs> he's long distance. <laughs> All right, uh, James, sweet. do you want to make a dedication, mate? <laughs> um, the, yeah, uh, I think to you, really. And what would you like to say? 
I say thank you very much for having me. It's been a wonderful experience. <laughs> and, uh, and I hope I'll get into your studio because, Christ, I've got to meet you someday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, you sound like a very nice man. And uh, <laughs> you, It was a great fun indeed. You're barking mad. <laughs> thank you, James. Cheers, mate. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> and we never, ever told him that that was just a joke. So he just thought that this was you? This was the number one show in South <laughs> wow. Africa wow. that he was coming to perform at. <laughs> uh, James Blood. Hey, we've got Navy Seals on next, guys. Okay, so we're going to be Facebook live streaming the interview with the two legendary Navy Seals. Uh, where do we find that? On our Facebook page? Yes. Yeah. It'll mm. be come up live on our Facebook page. 947 Breakfast Express. That's right. I think it's uh, ready and waiting. So go log on now, guys. You can see <laughs> two Navy SEALs in the flesh <laughs> in South Africa. Are the guys still roasting me on the WhatsApp telephone? In the Navy. I think you guys should play that song for Darren this morning. Uh, Darren, I don't know if you think uh, Ernie else is going to let you play with a white belt on. Hey, Wicked, make sure you don't blow the whole leg off today with Ernie. Hey, congratulations, Darren, on the cap. So now you're this dude wearing a never sell, a proper never sell cap and a white belt. Dude, really? <laughs> <laughs> Crazy Oaks, eh? Crazy. It's funny, eh? It's funny, guys. It, it is it's funny. funny You're laughing, yeah. enjoying yourselves. All right, we're going to have some more fun. Don't go anywhere. The 947 Breakfast Express on Facebook. 947 Breakfast Express. I don't want to be no Green Beret. I don't want to be no Green Beret. They on the PT once a day. They on the PT once a day. I don't want to be no Airborne Ranger. Please welcome two Navy SEALs to the studio, Life and Jocko. Thanks for having us. Wow. I, 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 is that a bit too much for you guys? Is that a bit like, hmm, who are these clowns? That was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but those Cadence tunes, surely you guys still sing those, don't you? Every day. Right? Just, just uh, walking from here, we're, we're singing Cadence and, and running. Run into that. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, that's that's something that uh, you sing during uh, your basic training. Yeah, uh, what we call buds, basic armor demolition seal training. And I just, know all about it. Don't just worry. happens for uh, <laughs> just just happens for uh, really a few weeks of that time. So and no, then, no more cadence after that. And then that's it, hey? You you'd probably get your ass beat for uh, for singing cadence. <laughs> Is it? Seal oh gosh, I've blown it from the first minute, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, welcome to South Africa, man. Thanks for having us. Great to be here. Amazing. And, uh, you know, you've come, uh, have you guys ever, like, been here before? But, I mean, like, not to go on holiday in Cape Town. I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? You First know, time like, ever. Never been here. Like, is that 
classified information that you've <laughs> never, but you have maybe been here before, like for some operation that you had to do, that like you were camping out in somebody's backyard, took them, slugged them, went away. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm actually thinking about planning one right now. <laughs> <laughs> Jocker, I'm on your side. I'm on your team. <laughs> now you guys, uh, before we get to the book and why you guys are here, you've had... Um, you guys have seen a lot of action. You know, Battle of Ramadi. Uh, is that the same battle with Chris Kyle, American Sniper, for the people listening to that movie that Clint Eastwood made about Chris Kyle? It is. It is. Uh, Chris Kyle was our, our lead sniper point man in Charlie Platoon. I was a commander of Charlie Platoon. Jocko was our, our commander of, of the task unit uh, in charge of uh, two, two platoons of, of uh, 16 SEALs each. So he was the task unit commander for task unit bruiser. I was Charlie Platoon commander. We served... Uh, uh, right alongside Chris was outstanding warrior uh, and uh, an incredible guy. Had, had some massive impact on the battlefield. Uh, and, and if he were here today, he'd tell you, you know, he was just one of, uh, you know, many snipers that we had in our platoon as well as, as the other platoon. And, and uh, you know, was just part of a team that was able to do a whole lot of stuff and, and have some impact. And really, that battle was won not by us and not by SEALs, unlike what the movies portray, but by the, the brave soldiers and Marines uh, that, that, that were out there uh, taking that city back from the evil insurgency. Now, I mean, what a way for him to go as well, you know. Do you think he would have, if he had to go by a gun, he would have preferred to have gone on the battlefield than some guy at a shooting range that had a few mental issues? I think there's no doubt about that. I mean, it was a, it was a total travesty to have, you know, here's Chris trying to help out another veteran who was having some issues, and the, the coward just you know, murdered him, and it was, it was a complete travesty. And, of course, Chris had taken massive risks on the battlefield, multiple deployments to Iraq, and for him to go out like that, yeah, it was a, it was a heartbreaker. By the way, you can watch this on our Facebook page. You can uh, live stream it right now. You're welcome to ask any questions you want, 079-903-5417 on the WhatsApp telephone. Dial in directly on 011 uh, Leif, I know a lot of ladies just <clears throat> are going to be wanting to marry you just from hearing you on the telephone you know listening to you on the radio do you get a lot of that uh well i, I didn't realize that i actually had kind of a raspy voice i, I guess a little too much yelling and screaming over the sound of gunfire uh, back in the day but they uh until jock and i did some interviews together and, and people started calling me texas batman and some crazy stuff like that. <laughs> whatever all good uh, look, already here it comes. Oh my gosh, this guy's voice is so hot, wacked, so hot. This guy's voice is absolutely amazing. He sounds so sexy. <laughs> sounds gorgeous. Holy smoke, this oak's voice is such a sharp contrast to your voice, Darren. How sexy are these voices right now? Not too sure about the accent, but wow. Batman in the studio. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Where is he? <laughs> do you, I mean, do you guys understand the the high regard that you guys are held in? Or is it all just a little bit too much for you guys? I think it's a little bit too much, yeah. <laughs> to hear you talking about all this. Is, it's definitely strange for us. I mean, we were just a couple of humble guys in the military that did our time and did our duty. Mm. So it's it's definitely different to have 
people calling my friend Leif Babin sexy. That's kind of freaks me out a little bit. <laughs> we've heard from uh, the other SEALs, Marcus Luttrell, Billy Oldman, that we've interviewed over the years, uh, saying where it's not easy to have to be married while you are an active duty SEAL member. And the divorce rate, apparently, you could correct me, but in the SEAL community is the highest out of all the special forces. I don't know if it's the highest out of all special forces, but it's definitely high. It's you know, 80, 85 to 90% divorce rate. There's definitely a high divorce rate. You're gone all the time. You've got put a lot of pressure on your family. You don't know when you're coming back. You can't talk a lot about what you do. And so it's, it's a hard thing to have a relationship when you're doing this job, for sure. Are you guys in relationships? Yeah, I, be, I was actually married the whole time I was in the SEAL teams. Well, 15 out of 20 years in the SEAL teams I was married. So, mm. yeah, I, I somehow was able to pull it off. Luckily, my wife was pretty cool about most of the crap I was doing. Mm. Mm. I, I got married right when I left active duty. Okay. But uh, my, my, my now wife, did she put up with the deployment with me, uh, certainly while, while we were dating. But, uh, yeah, it takes a special kind of lady, certainly. Um, who's uh, who's independent? Can put up with guys guys being gone for a long time, and and uh, can't really tell tell them what you're doing. You know, sure. Uh, you say yeah. you had a good day at work or not a good day at work. That's that's about it. But uh, what's the, uh, the, the 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 worst place you've had to go and uh, do battle when you might have thought mm, I don't know if we're going to get out of here? Definitely Ramadi. You know, Ramadi, yeah. uh, capital of Anbar province in Iraq, uh, back in 2006 when we deployed there. It was the worst place in the world. I mean, the news was calling it an unwinnable fight, and uh, it, it was it was a violent terrorist stronghold. And when we first got there, it was rubble pile buildings and burned out hulks of vehicles, and just uh, you know the smoke in the air is the stench of, of war. Mm. Uh, and and we were excited to be there. I mean, there's no place we'd rather be than that in that environment. Uh, and we got to learn some some. Uh, we got to do some amazing things on Battlefield. We learned some, as Jocko said, uh, very humbling lessons that we brought back. You know, and then Jocko and I helped run uh, SEAL leadership training for the next next generation of SEALs based on what we learned on that tough battlefield. And in, in Ramadi, um, Al-Qaeda was the prominent force. Now with uh, ISIS, that's, that's a different uh, story altogether, isn't it? Would, would you love to go back and uh, get involved... With yeah, yeah, to be honest with you, it's not a different story. These are the same savages that were running around torturing people, murdering people, raping people while we were there. They started using the name Islamic State as early as 2007, which is just after we left. But it was the same sick, twisted, and sadistic people. You can barely even call them people. They're subhumans. And yeah, absolutely. We should do everything we can in the world to, to, rid, to rid the world of these these animals for sure i saw a news report yesterday saying that um they've normally they've almost uh, just about won back iraq well they're probably talking about the city of Mosul, where there's been a big battle going on with mm -hmm. the iraqi forces supported by coalition forces namely american forces trying to take back the city of Mosul, which is a big city in northern iraq mm -hmm. and it looks like yeah it looks like they're making great progress and they're going to probably close that up in the next couple months Guys, we've got a question here from Kevin on the telephone. Kev, good morning. Oh, he's gone. Uh, Dave, people are lining up, guys. Um, Dave, good morning. Morning, how's it, man? How's it? So you're on with Leif and Jocko. What's your question? Yeah, how's it, guys? What's going on, Dave? How are you? Uh, not too shabby, not too shabby. You know, nothing, nothing over, over booking in this country. Anyway, um, I want to ask you a question. <laughs> You guys, um, <clears throat> how do you rate 
the Navy SEALs are going to South African Navy divers and the reconnaissance in South Africa. You know, I, I've, this is Jocko. I've never worked with the with the South African forces. I'm sure they're super professional. There's a long storied history here of the capabilities of the military down here, and I'm sure they're a bunch of badass guys. Def, I've definitely worked with some uh, with some contractors in Iraq and in South Africa that were former former military guys that did, and, and police that did an amazing job. Those guys were great to work with. Yeah, there's there's a lot of South Africans in in Iraq doing uh, you know private contract work. So you rate our guys. Outstanding. Sure, that's good. Uh, Brandon, good morning. What's your question? Morning, Tim. Uh, welcome to South Africa, guys. I just wanted to find out, uh, ask you, like, what's life like after Navy SEALs? I mean, you find out and you hear so many people battling to adjust into normal society. Like, how do, how do you adjust and how do you get back into a normal living after being in so many tours overseas in, in different countries? Well, hey, this is Jocko again. We we definitely had a good long transition. It's not like we came off the battlefield and then 15 minutes later we were living our normal life. We had, you know, you fly back, you spend time with your guys, you talk about what you went through, and then you get back. And, and what you have to do is you have to separate yourself from what went on overseas. And you have to say, you know what, that was there, and this is now, and I'm not going to stay in that mindset all the time. So it can be a tough transition. I think different people handle it a different way. I think, you know, the way we, we got through it is, number one, talking and sharing the lessons that we learned with the younger SEALs, and then trying to, again, detach from what we did overseas and try and live a normal life back, back in the States. Uh, this is and life. Uh, are you, uh, and then do the American government support that? Do they give you an assistance and that type of stuff? We get, we get, uh, we get plenty of assistance. To that certainly, but uh, you know, I mean, look, there, there's folks in the military that are disciplined, that are driven. Uh, most most people get out and, and do well and start businesses and and uh, and plug into to, to business and life on the outside world, the civilian world. I think for us, for me, me and Jocko uh, and many of the guys we serve with, I think I think honoring those that we lost by telling their stories, by by passing their legacies on. Uh, to others and the lessons learned as Jaco said that we brought back is really what it's all about for us great well done awesome to have you on thank you guys thanks Brandon now you guys uh, have fought all over who would you say has been your toughest enemy which country well I don't know if we would talk about toughest but let's just talk about evil Mm. You know, you could look at the look at the people that we fought in Iraq, and like I said, as a pre predecessor to ISIS, these are evil human beings. Certainly as evil as the Nazis were, and certainly as evil as the Imperial Japanese Army. So, I think that in terms of evil, the ISIS and the and the extreme Al Qaeda elements that we went against were as evil as any element that's ever been faced. Do you think they'll ever be beaten? Yes. <laughs> it just it takes will. It's a matter of will. It's something we talk yeah. about all the time, right? It's yeah. it's you got you got to have the will to win. And mm. and I think there there are a lot of people in America when when ISIS started creeping back, uh, in you know becoming powerful in Syria and then moved back into Iraq, took over huge cities like Mosul and and Fallujah. Um, and it's it's people were asking like, does this? Why does this matter to me? And we we would explain to them it's going to matter to you because that's that ideology is going to. Uh, Proliferate, mm. and they're going to attack us here at home. Which we had, we had multiple attacks inspired by ISIS uh, on the American homeland. So uh, I think people people recognize why that's important, why that's an issue, um, and it's just better for the world. And even when you you talk to the citizens of Iraq, they don't want to live under that kind of brutal reign mm. of terror. They they want they want someone to help them uh, rid you know rid the world of this. And uh, we got there's plenty of guys out there that are lined up ready to do that. Where were you? And I want to ask both you guys this question individually. Uh, Leif, 
9-11, where were you? What were you doing when you saw the news? I remember it. I, I can tell you the road I was on, the weather, where I was on that road, the car that I was driving. I remember it like, like that. Where were you? I was uh, actually stationed on a Navy ship at the time. I had... Uh I, I I was in San Diego. We were we were in port, and we were just so tied up to the dock there. And uh, I was on duty, so I'd spent the night on the ship. And uh, I, a guy called me in the morning. Of course, it was I was on the West Coast, so um, you know you're three hours difference, and so it was pretty early for us. And and a guy called me uh, coming in and said, "Hey, a, a plane just hit the World Trade Center." And I'm thinking it was a small aircraft accident or something. So we we went and turned on the news, and we're watching that in real time as the second plane. Uh, you know, hit the other tower. It was just, uh, and we knew this is real. This is an attack. We're going to war. Uh, and then I, I, had, I had just been picked up, selected for uh, the SEAL team. So I knew as I as I went and, and went through that training program that uh, we better be ready because we'd been viciously attacked. Thousands of innocent Americans were dead, and uh, and we were definitely going to war for sure. Because it was largely at uh, not entirely peaceful, but there weren't any. Uh, declarations of war before then. Yeah, no doubt. We, we called those in the SEAL teams, we called those the dry years when yeah. there was no wars going on. Mm. And so we trained really hard and I had actually been sent from the SEAL teams to go to college when, when September 11th came. And, you know, very similar. I was listening to it on the radio that, that a plane hit the towers, didn't think anything of it, thought it was a little Cessna or something, mm. and then got into class and they pulled it up on the TV and we watched the second, ta- second uh, aircraft hit and knew at that point that we were going to war. This is it. This is uh, what we've been training for, huh? Sure. When you guys go to a place like Iraq, from the outside or from here, it seems like there's a lot of suicide bombing and that sort of thing. How do you defeat an enemy that is not afraid to die? Isn't that like your biggest weapon when fighting against... You know, that sort of thing? Yeah, th- those are questions that we're asking in World War Two with like the Japanese kamikazes yeah. and, and those sort of things. And the answer is, look, you... Uh, you can absolutely defeat an enemy like that, and they, they, there are those folks who get talked into martyrdom, uh, and and these, you know, Jocko talked about evil. A lot of these suicide bombers, they will talk to special needs kids, you know, or or a woman who's been burned, and they'll say, well, you're, you know, you, they'll, they'll like, target. yeah, you, you're not ever going to marry someone, so you just, you just go be a suicide bomber. So they prey on the the most vulnerable people. I mean, it's just evil, evil yeah. stuff, yeah. Um, and and that's that's a real threat. But they, even though they might be uh, obsessed with martyrdom in some capacity, they don't want to be martyred on your terms. So, uh, you know, we, okay. mm-hmm. I, I could tell you, we, uh, uh, we helped a lot of those guys uh, go meet their maker. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they started looking around and thinking, hey, uh, how, how do I join the Iraqi police? Because this isn't good for me. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll tell you something else. An enemy that wants to die is no match for people that want to live and want to live free. It's no comparison and we'll win every time. For sure. Sure. sure, guys, I can talk to you forever. Um, we haven't even got to the reason why you're here. Do you guys have to go anywhere? Do you need to be any place? Uh, we're good. We've got time. We're good. We we're got here. time because there's... We're, we flew to freaking South Africa. I think we got some time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> okay, because um, we... Uh, guys, we have the privilege of listening and speaking to... Jocko and Leif, you too can have that privilege, uh, which we're going to give you those details in just a moment. But uh, yeah, you know, there's 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 a lot of these. Like, this is one incident, but I can tell you, this has happened probably ten thousand times this morning, guys. There's 
1.7 million people listening to us right now. He has one case study. Kim, good morning. Good morning, kid. How, How are you? I'm fine, thank you. What do you want to say to... Uh, I, I think it's for life. Eh? Yes, mm. it's for life. Later, I just want to thank you for almost ca- causing a car accident. I'm a soccer mom taking my children to school. I heard your voice and I almost slid right off my chair. <laughs> I couldn't see how the steering wheel. Put <laughs> <laughs> the accelerator. It's shocking. Is that, is that shocking in a good way? <laughs> Outstanding. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, you must understand, you guys are very sexy. After all, you do carry huge phallic symbols around. <laughs> oh, the guns, right. Good. Yes. Sorry, I'm, I was like, what are we talking about? Look, I must just say, guys, I don't know how much, I know you haven't been in the country for 24 hours, but this South African woman are notoriously good looking. We are known for our beauty. Charlize Theron, that's the first example I can give you. Candace Swanepoel. You know Victoria's Secret Angel? It's, yeah, from this town. Okay, Candace is where she from? She's from PE, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But Charlize, from here. Yeah, we're, we're also quite determined and focused when we see what we like. I, I, I'm, I'm hearing that yeah. from the <laughs> on the radio. That's, uh, that's mm. impressive. Now, the good news is uh, I, I'm glad they can just hear my voice because uh, if they could see me in person, they'd realize that I have the face for radio. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that, Liv. I'm going to take a photo. Darren's then... looking at you like, uh, <laughs> like your lunch, bro. <laughs> you know, these guys are really going to leave here with the wrong impression of me. <laughs> You're just a fan. You're a fan. No, I'm a total fan. Yeah. Total, total. I'm like one of those, you know, when you watch... When you see Justin Bieber and all that fanfare <laughs> that follows him around, I'm that to you. That to you guys. Let's move on. Brad, you're, your question. You're not, okay, firstly, you're not calling the seals Justin Bieber, are you? Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's actually interesting because I'm not sure that Jocko and I would ever call ourselves Justin Bieber. Uh, <laughs> you're the Justin Biebers of the military. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, some, if, some, if, if we called each other that, it would be a, a great insult. We'd have to get in a fist fight after that. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I'm, I want to be the Justin Bieber of anything, so <laughs> let's just leave it at that. <laughs> How do you guys feel when you're watching the SEAL experience glorified in movies and things like that? Like recently, there's so many movies that have come out about what it's all from portraying for us what it's like to be in there. What it's like for you guys having been there watching that on, on the screen? Well, you know, you hear that term when they say, say about movies, it's a Hollywood movie. Well, yeah. these movies are Hollywood movies and they yeah. take... You know, they take these stories and they have to take a, a, a complex story that takes place over a long period of time and they have to compress it down into an hour and a half. Yeah. And they got to make it simple enough that the average American audience can look at it and understand it and pay 10 bucks to go see it. So the movies, I, I guess it's good. It's, it's definitely good that the word is getting out there about the sacrifices that are made yeah. by our American servicemen, not just SEALs, obviously, but the, all the soldiers and Marines that are out there doing the same thing. But you know, as far as the realism of it, they're, they're not that realistic, to, to be quite frank with you. They're just not that realistic. There's a lot of Hollywood. And, and like I said, I, I understand why they do it. They've got to take a complex thing and put it into a very short, digestible moment for people to purchase. Sure. And, and I think there's a right way and wrong way to do that. You know, so there's, there's some people who have violated the, the security procedures and not, you know, run their books through the proper clearances. And uh, I think you've you got to be careful not to talk about, you know, uh, specific tactics, techniques, and yeah. procedures and mm. intelligence gathering uh, capability and those sort of things. Oh. Jocko and I have made sure we, we've tried everything we can to do this the right way, protect all those things. You know, we talk about leadership. We talk about teamwork. 
and those things that translate you know to anywhere in business and life uh, and that's that's really what this is about yeah guys we've got a, a question off the of the whatsapp telephone yeah two questions how many recruits do you normally get and on average how many fail at the training and has there ever been a female navy seal well there's an 80 percent attrition rate in the training so you know 20 out of every 100 will make it and there's not been any females in the seal teams is there i, I read somewhere that the the reason for that just very much in the special forces is that the man's and, and you know some people would try to portray it as a sexist thing but from what i've read and understand it's absolutely not about that in fact it's a total opposite is that say you guys went into combat your natural instinct would be to protect the lady above all costs and that would be a distraction because you guys operate as a team but also you know i'd imagine you can all look after your own backs i i there may be something to that but uh no look the the difference uh i, I think there it's, it's the same reason why you don't have uh, i mean why why is your national rugby team not having any women on it right yeah. i mean it's it, it's it's a physical it's it's a 100 percent physical thing mm. and, and i think people need to understand that combat is you know our training is hard physically incredibly hard uh combat is infinitely harder than that yeah. And, you know, there are a lot of great ladies that are serving in, in the military throughout the ranks of the U.S. military. We serve with some outstanding lady uh, sailors and, and uh, Marines as soldiers. Um, and uh, if you talk to them, even though they, they when they saw combat and they were in combat, you know, if you're like, hey, do you want to be a SEAL? Do you want to carry this big rucksack? Do you want to go on this mission? They say, no, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. Guys, we got to get to news and then we're going to come back with more. And we're going to talk about extreme ownership and how you can see these guys. Do we have any tickets to give away? Like a pair of tickets? Because, oh man, you don't want to miss what these guys are gonna, gonna teach you. All right, Extreme Ownership, we'll talk that after the news and uh, we'll take a few more calls too. It is The Breakfast Express, eight o'clock now. It's The Breakfast Express this morning, 10 minutes after eight o'clock. Uh, contest with One Life insurance uh whew, we could be giving you a lot of money this morning guys one life insurance changing lives do you want to have a shot at this well what you have to do right now is sms life to well if you want to quote four zero four three two but firstly if you want to enter the contest your name and your id number please to three two nine four six all right we're still uh, streaming on facebook two legend navy seals in studio we have got jocko and we have got leif if you've just tuned in we've had the most fascinating discussion for the past half hour let's give them a nice welcome to this hour appreciate uh, that I don't, I don't know about legend yeah legend's so, a strong word that's a pretty strong <laughs> word we're just, we're just two guys who got a chance to get after it and teach some teach some lessons learn to others i understand that i understand that but to me you're legends <laughs> I appreciate okay, it. So we got one person shocked up there. <laughs> <laughs> did did other of you guys uh, do your service under Admiral McRaven? I did. I worked with him a little bit uh, when he was out on the West Coast, and he was over at the group that's in charge of the SEAL teams on the West Coast. He was there. So I worked with him a bit. Great guy. Because uh, it was about uh, a year ago now, he went viral with a clip. And uh, this is what I'm going to get into with you guys too, extreme ownership. How you can go see that. You can also win some tickets here this morning. But um, 
he gave a, a, a speech, very, very profound speech, but extremely enlightening too, just on uh, bettering yourself and applying what you guys do. And that's what your, yours, your talk is about as well. And his point, his first point, it's always stuck with me. And not because I'm a, a Navy SEAL fan, just because I found that it could be applied to everybody. And here is his first point. To me, basic SEAL training was a lifetime of challenges crammed into six months. So here are the 10 lessons I learned from basic SEAL training that hopefully will be of value to you as you move forward in life. Every morning in SEAL training, my instructors, who at the time were all Vietnam veterans, would show up in my barracks room, and the first thing they'd do was inspect my bed. If you did it right, the corners would be square, the covers would be pulled tight, the pillow centered just under the headboard, and the extra blanket folded neatly at the foot of the rack. It was a simple task, mundane at best, but every morning we were required to make our bed to perfection. It seemed a little ridiculous at the time, particularly in light of the fact that we were aspiring to be real warriors, tough, battle-hardened SEALs. But the wisdom of this simple act has been proven to me many times over. If you make your bed every morning, you will have accomplished the first task of the day. It will give you a small sense of pride, and it will encourage you to do another task, and another, and another. And by the end of the day, that one task completed will have turned into many tasks completed. Making your bed will also reinforce the fact that the little things in life matter. If you can't do the little things right, you'll never be able to do the big things right. I mean, how, how true is that, hey? True. Simple task of just making your bed. Yeah, absolutely. And this is kind of a mantra that I live by is discipline equals freedom. And it's the discipline, the daily discipline and everything that you do, waking up early, getting to the gym, getting your workout done, get, doing simple things like making your bed, following a routine. And when you do that every single day, it actually gives you more freedom in life. And it, classic examples of discipline equals freedom is, for instance, we all want to have financial freedom, right? Everyone wants mm. to, to have financial freedom, obviously. Sure. Well, how do you get financial freedom? The only way to get financial freedom is to have financial discipline. You know, you got to save your money. You got to work hard. You got to make the right investments. You can't waste money on things that you can't afford. That's how you got to have that discipline in order to get the freedom. It's the same thing with, with free time. Everybody wants to have more free time. Well, how do you have more free time? In order to get more free time, you have to have a more disciplined time management schedule. And you have to stop watching stupid YouTube videos of cats, right? He's talking to me. Yeah, no, you seem like a YouTube addict over there. I'm just guessing. But yeah, how much time are you wasting? So people say, oh, I don't have time to go to the gym in the morning. Yeah, because you spent a, a bunch of time watching ridiculous things on YouTube. Don't do yeah. it. Shut off the YouTube. Go get your ass in the gym. Do it. Now, Extreme Ownership, it's a New York Times number one bestseller, How U.S. Navy Seals Lead and Win, written by both of you guys. And that's what you're here to do a conference on on the 9th of March, 8.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. Okay, at Monte Cassino. What can we expect here, Leif? We're going to talk about the Battle of Ramadi and the lessons that we learned from that, that battle. You know, lessons like humility, ownership, and teamwork, and that leadership is the most important thing on the battlefield. It's the most important factor in whether a team succeeds or fails. And when we talk about leadership, we're not talking about just the senior guy in charge, but leaders at every level of the organization stepping up and leading. You know, of all the things we wrote about, 
and of all the things that we, we talk about in that book, the reason we decided to title the book Extreme Ownership is because it's the foundation upon which everything else is built. It's just an attitude and it's a mindset. And that is mm-hmm. that there's no one else to blame. There's no excuses. You got to own everything in your world. And not just, not just the things you're responsible for, but everything that impacts your mission. And if you take that attitude, you're going to run circles around the rest of the world uh, you know, in business and life. Mm. So this is, I mean, for CEOs, I mean, you're not going to get this info from an MBA, right? Um, this applies to young, old, whatever, kids. You want to motivate your kids. What would you mm. say, because I've mentioned a few times on this show, I think I'm not the greatest parent in terms of discipline because I'm that softy, you know? I call, I call that weak. <laughs> Jocko's been grinding yeah, me yeah, all morning, morning bro. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if I had to, how would you say if disciplining a child is different to having discipline as an adult, right? I, well, I actually don't think difference? it is. And the biggest thing you'll notice with your kids is, because I actually have four kids, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. So the thing <laughs> is with kids is it's the same thing as anybody that you're trying to lead. You're in a leadership position for your kids. And a lot, a lot of parents think, I'm just going to discipline my kids and tell them, you got to go clean your room. Do it now. And just like any employer, anybody that works for you, that doesn't make you say, oh, this makes me feel great about going to my clean, mm. clean my room. I'm going to go do it right now. No, mm. what you want to do with a kid or with an employee or someone you're working with is you want to explain to them why they're doing what they're doing. You want to explain to them what the purpose is. Because if you tell your kid, right, I live in California. Everybody in California wear, rides a skateboard around. If I want my kid to wear a helmet when he's riding a skateboard, if I just say, hey, wear, wear, wear your helmet when you're riding your skateboard, is he going to do it? Of course, he might do it while I'm standing right yeah. there mm. because he's not that stupid. But <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, as soon as, as soon as he skateboards around the corner, he's going to take off his helmet. He's going to throw it down. He's going to and he's going to go and hang out with his friends and skateboard without a helmet on. Yeah. Well, imagine if instead of me just giving him an order, I said, "Hey, son, I want you to wear a helmet when you skateboard, and here's why." And I and I took him to a hospital. And I, and I introduced him to a couple kids that had fallen off their skateboard, banged their head, gotten a major brain damage and are sitting there drooling on themselves and mm. said, this is what happens when you don't wear a helmet. This is why I want you to wear a helmet. Mm. That's the difference between imposed discipline where I'm just telling you what you're doing. You're going to listen to me because I'm in charge or I'm your dad and, and I, I make the rules and actually being a true leader which is something I think you need to work over on over there. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, I, uh, my son, he's four years old. He wanted to go ride his bike, but on the BMX track. So I was like, okay, look, we got to do this. We're going to do this, but what we need to do, we need to go and get you. He had a helmet, but I needed to get you arm, arm pa- uh, elbow pads and knee pads. Mm. So on the way to the bike track, I pull into uh, a game store, which is a, a, a store here that sells those sorts of things. It's after Christmas. They've sold out of all the pads. I found one set of pads, but they're pink ones. It is for girls, all right? So we get to the bike track. I say, okay, boy, we're putting these on now. He looks at them and says, Dad, these are girls' pads. These are pink pads. I'm not wearing them. Now I'm stuck with a dilemma. He he's, doesn't want to feel embarrassed by wearing pink pads. And Darren, that's I why you should carry a can of spray paint with you at all times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just put a little camo on them, and you're good to go. 
Look, I, I think it's it, what you're talking about is is a lot of people have that misconception in the military, right? That yeah. you're, you know, if, if I'm going to order you to do things, and and that's just that doesn't work anywhere. It yeah. doesn't work in the military. Uh, no, good leaders don't don't lead like that, and 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 good parents uh, are not going to be effective because if your kids anything like like my kids, I got two kids, um, and uh, and while they're still young, I can even see my son already this. If I tell him do this, I, I can see that resistance in his eyes. He's looking like just that. It's like the test of wills, and I know Jocko's got uh, some strong will kids as well, right? So they they may do the opposite if I'm trying to order them to do something, right? Mm-hmm. So so the goal is like, how do I get them to do what I need them to do? Yeah. You know, and and mm-hmm. if you think about it in that in that way, it's, it's a it's a little bit different. But that's I mean, for us, so many people that think, well, how does combat leadership apply to me? You know, in parenting or in the business world, or leading my team at my company or uh, in my school or my sports team or whatever it may be, and and, uh, you know, we're, we're, combat leadership is about getting a diverse group of people to work together, mutually support one another in order to accomplish a mission. And that applies anywhere. It's, it, another thing here is like when you talk about taking care of your kids or taking care of your people, same thing. In a leadership position, people think, oh, I'm going to take care of my people. And so that means they're going to let them go home early, let them slack off, let them cut corners because then they're the nice guy. Then they're the, the, the friendly boss. Mm. Well, are you truly taking care of them? Because the fact of the matter is, if you're not making them work hard, they're not going to make money. They're not going to get raises. They're not going to perform. They're not going to learn. They're not going to advance. So even though you feel like you're taking care of them, you're not actually taking care of them. And it's the same thing with your kid. If you're just coddling your kid all the time and giving them everything they want you feel like you're taking care of them you feel good about it darren but guess what (laughs) (laughs) you're actually you're actually making him into a to a person that's not gonna be able to step up stand up for himself and get after it you're right you're absolutely right so i'm gonna come maybe spend a couple weeks with your boy we'll get him hardened up (laughs) (laughs) you'd love to meet you guys seriously because he's a navy seal in training too (laughs) um we had a, a thing here which was uh Everybody, when they finished school, they needed to go for a, a two-year compulsory um, military service. And uh, the country changed and there's, you know. But what I've heard from many people that, because I would love to have done it purely for the, for the military aspect of it. Uh, but that all ended when I was, when I finished school. And you see a lot of parents talk about sons that... Like my brother went and I didn't have to go. He was older than me. And they say you can see the difference between the two. The that, one who's had military training. That's got to hurt, doesn't it? Darren? No, it does. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you hear a lot of parents saying, I wish that was still there because it's kind of seems as if they're going to do that discipline training and that, say, world readiness for that child that they could never do. So I think you guys get a grounding that we could never even dream of. There's there's out, outstanding things that you learn in the military, and that's one of them. That you're that discipline, right? The mm. teamwork, the leadership. We're you know at a very young age, you're put in charge of uh, a, a whole bunch of expensive equipment and and people, and trying to lead people with who have you know unlike. This, this misconception that so many people have based on movies or TV shows about the SEALs or, or military in general, people aren't robots. They're not Terminator robots, right? They're people and they've got egos and they've got perspectives and they've got their own agendas and they've got their, their way of, you know, they want to do things. And so that leadership is incredibly, it's incredibly challenging to try to lead a group of people with all that, particularly when you're asking them to go do something that may, you know, put really put their life on the line. 
So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's that that military experience is outstanding, and you know, it's, it's a very small percentage in America that's actually serving in the military as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, so so often you hear about the you hear about the vets that are having trouble transitioning, and all these kind of statistics that are thrown out. You know, most of the the, the guys we served with are they're doing well. You know, they're people that are contributing members of society that are leading their families, that are leading a team, that are you know starting businesses or are are working in a business and doing well. And, uh, you know, that's, it's, uh, I think military experience is great for anyone, but you can, you can get that discipline anytime, whether you serve mm-hmm. or not, mm-hmm. it just, it's a decision. The discipline is a decision. You, know, you can look at somebody like Jocko and say, well, it's easy for him to get up at four 30 in the morning. And the answer is it's not easy for anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he talks about it's, it's the alarm clock going off. It's a hammer hitting you in the head, right? It's, yeah. it's not easy for anybody. It's, it's hard uh, for anybody, but it's a decision that you make. To, to get up and, and you know and, and work out early and, and all everything that you do in your life uh if you can impose that discipline on yourself um you're going to have the freedom to succeed at the highest level guys are you feeling motivated absolutely i'm feeling very motivated yeah. imagine uh listening to these guys from 8 30 to 3 yes tomorrow hey I'm glad you guys are feeling motivated because we brought the telephone poles. We're going to do a little uh, little workout here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the studio. You guys are ready. I'm ready. I'm it, ready. It sounds a lot about empowering people, even when you talk about disciplining children. It's not about you follow my rules. It's empowering them to make those decisions in life for themselves. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And then what you breed in a person like that is you get them to take ownership, right? Ownership. So many people in the world right now, when something doesn't work out for them, not my fault, you know, the market was bad. It was their fault. This person did this to me. They blame everybody else. And guess what? When you're blaming everybody else for, for when things go wrong, what are you going to do to change and fix it and make it better? So it starts with saying, you know what? This is my fault. I'm going to own this. And when you say that, then you can go out and fix it and change it and get it, get it right. Got a question here from Magnus. How's it, Magnus? How's it, guys? How's it? You're on with uh, Life and Jocker. What's going on, Magnus? Yeah, well, welcome to South Africa. Um, Appreciate it. You guys here. The weather's a lot better than it was a week ago. You can ask like half the country about it. It's all over Facebook. Um, but yeah, look, my question I actually asked about half an hour ago, but uh, it's, it's changing the, the topic a little bit. But you, know, you guys are talking about competition and you know being competitive and all of that. And I had a really basic question: is just to know who can bench press more. <laughs> I, I, I definitely have to give that to Jocko for sure. If, if you could see the difference, uh, you know, it's probably hard to tell this on the radio, but uh, yeah, jo- Jocko is—it's uh, probably got me by about forty pounds or so. He's uh, and he's probably got me on the bench press by uh, a couple hundred pounds or so. Yeah, wow. fortunately uh, for for life and definitely for our teams, you know the physical attributes that we have aren't the most important thing. The most important thing is what you can do mentally. Part of that is discipline, and you get yourself in good shape, and and you work together as a team, and that's what it is. So the physical stuff is is definitely important, but it's not what we rest our laurels on for sure. And one of, one of the one of the things in our training is that you you. Uh, you don't have to be, you know, there's some outstanding athletes that go through BUDS, right, that are going through SEAL training, um, outstanding, you know, top-level collegiate swimmers and professionally sponsored triathletes who are great runners and, and things like that. And and I wouldn't any of those things, right? But but you just got to be tough. You got to be able to put out hard uh, and, and give it 100% all the time. Um, and if you do that, you'll, you'll do well. Uh, thanks, Magnus. All right, thank you. Who would you say uh, second best to... The Navy SEALs. Uh, take Delta Force out of it. Worldwide, who would you say is the best, second best 
tier one spec ops. Group. Look, I I think there's all these kind of comparisons that I, to me that that's that's peacetime stuff. Right, that's peacetime. So if there was a lot more of that, I think, going on in the peacetime. I think now, when you talk about guys who've actually served in combat and you've served alongside Rangers and we served alongside uh, armored units, you know, the, the soldiers that are driving the tanks or served alongside Marine infantry units, those guys are outstanding. They're mm -hmm. outstanding. And they got a little bit different training than us. And, uh, you know, while we have a, a, something called Hell Week, you know, in our training, that's, that's a great, great piece of our training. And uh, we have outstanding guys. Um, we take pride and in, in, in have uh, a lot of... Uh, a lot, a lot of pride in the legacy and history of the SEAL teams and what, what our units are able to do. The, these units we work alongside are outstanding. And, and there's um, a number of units that, uh, you know, the guys have worked with that, uh, that you know, th throughout NATO and, um, you know, some of the, uh, like, Polish Grom was pretty active with SEALs in Iraq, outstanding group. I mean, there's, there's uh, British SAS or Aussie SAS. There, there's, uh, um, there's amazing groups all over the world that are doing great things. You know, maybe have... There, there's there's great people in those units. Uh, you know, there's not so great people in any of those units, including yeah. the SEAL teams. Yeah. Uh, but the reality is, uh, we're all we're all fighting the same mission. And uh, I think the comparisons of like we're better than than you is that's just people that have never done anything. Yeah, yeah. Leif and Jocko, you guys talk about the fact that you know people are just people, and you guys are obviously just human. So I need to find out what is your Achilles heel, or what is the thing that makes you squirm? Is there anything that you won't touch or eat or is it a mouse? Is it a snake? Do you not like mushrooms? What is your human Akita's heel? I actually am a really, really a wimp when it comes to eating food. I grew up, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. And so we ate the same thing all the time in my family. And I just didn't develop a really good palate. So I don't like to eat much of anything besides steak and steak. And then I also have some steaks. <laughs> In those, uh, we call them, uh, our arm used to call them rat packs, uh, your ration packs, your daily thing. What is, <laughs> how good is that stuff? Look, it's, uh, when you're talking about food in particular, we call them uh, meals ready to eat or MREs. Um, and the reality is uh, when you're hungry, Man, that stuff tastes like a five-star restaurant. It's un, you know, <laughs> unbelievable. So, uh, you know, I, I think uh, you know if you're going to compare that against what you're going to get at you know uh, a home nice home cooked meal, yeah, it's terrible. But it's it's all relative. And if you've you know if you're going to be eating grub worms or cockroaches uh, uh, as an alternative to, uh, to to what you get in the meal ready to eat, it's it's great stuff. Did you yeah. ever like out the out in the desert, Ramadi, and uh, you see this goat walk past, and you haven't had like real, real meat for for a month, and you go, "I'm going to put a bullet through this goat," and we all having goat meat tonight. Uh, we have not done that. <laughs> However, uh, our Iraqi soldiers, we worked pretty closely with some Iraqi soldiers, and uh, they didn't get uh, a lot to eat. Um, they were pretty, uh, you know, they didn't didn't quite have the the budget and the chow hall that you know that that we had, and. Um, we uh, we actually purchased a goat for them and, uh, and and they slaughtered it and had a big feast as like a celebration of one of their guys that was killed uh, and that was a big deal for them. So happy wow. to contribute that. Okay, well, winning hearts and minds all over the world in South Africa too, guys. Tomorrow it is on the Extreme Ownership Conference from eight thirty a.m. to three p.m. You can get your tickets now. There aren't many left uh, from Compu Ticket. Um, we have got. ExtremeOwnership.co.za, you can get your tickets there. All right, ExtremeOwnership.co.za. We have got eight tickets to give away. You want them? Sure. Just text us right now, 32947. Just name me both the Navy SEALs in the studio this morning. Just their first names is fine. And look, 
Do whatever you can to move things around. It's short notice. Get off work tomorrow. CEOs, whoever, get there. I'll be there as well. I can't wait. Guys, I absolutely can't wait. Thank you very much for coming into studio this morning. It's uh, It's been the greatest opportunity to interview you guys, not just for what you do, but you both seem like incredible human beings too. Thanks for having us on. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Darren. Thank you. Ladies and gents, Jocko and Leif. Yes, yes. It's your life with one life. Only on 947. Sure, we are absolutely late for everything this morning. Secure you and your family's financial future with up to 10 million rand life cover from One Life, South Africa's number one direct life insurer. It's as simple as one SMS, one call for one policy. No medicals or paperwork required. Just SMS life to 40432 for a quote today. Stats based on Swiss re-reports issued in 2010 to 2016. One Life is an authorized FSP. One Life changing lives. Good morning, Bongani. Hi, Darren. How are you? Cool and you, bro. I'm good and you? I'm good, Good thanks. Good morning, Tim. Morning. All right, Bongs, are you ready to win some cash, bro? Yes, I am. All right. Now, you've heard how this contest works, eh? Or do I need to explain it? Yes, I've heard how it works, yeah. Okay. You just need the most important word to you is the word stop. Okay. All right. We gave away 3,000 Rand yesterday. There was 8,000 Rand in the vault. The previous day, there was 7,000 Rand in the vault, and we gave away just over 4,000. So, no clues there. Maybe it's a clue. Maybe it's not a clue, Bongs. That's all I can tell you at this point. Hopefully, I'm that lucky. Eh? <laughs> mm. Good luck to you, my friend. Let's Thank you, Daddy. open the vault. I am life-changing Lerato. Let's open the safe vault with one life. Good luck. 500 rand. 250 rand. 1,000 rand. 500 rand. Stop. 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 Serious? <laughs> what do you like mean? serious, Bongs. You shouted stop, right? <coughs> yeah. You got very nervous here, didn't you? Yeah, I was, yeah. Do you know how much you got? No, I can't tell you even here. Like, Bongs, you got 2,250 rand. Oh, 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 that's great. Which it is great. No, it absolutely oh, yeah. is great. But I'm oh, now great. going to make you sick. All right. Oh, okay. Let's hear what was in the vault. 800 rand. 1,000 rand. 700 rand, 500 rand, 250 rand, 1,000 rand, 500 rand, 1,000 rand, 700 rand, 250 rand, 250 rand, 1,000 rand, 500 rand. 4,000 rand. Oh. 2,000 rand. Yo. Oh. I am life-changing Lerato. The safe vault is officially closed. Ah. Oh. Bongs. Ah, I missed that much, eh? There was a total of 15,450 oh. rand. Oh. Let me just say that again, Bongs. 15,450 rand was in that vault. Oh. Yeah. 
You got 2,250 Rand. I've got to give you the number. It will make you sick. But 13,200 Rand. That was a bad That's so much. <laughs> that's what you missed. 13,200 Rand is what you missed out on, Bongs. Oh, well. <laughs> I was lucky. I was the lucky one. But yeah, I missed it. Yeah. But look, you yeah. got you got you you didn't start well, the day with this 2,250 bucks, mm-hmm. which you have now. Yeah, so That is great, eh? Somebody yeah. else will contact it as well. Yeah. Well, look. Yeah. There's a, a total of a hundred thousand rand in the vote, or in the in the vault, all in all for this contest. So okay. do the maths. Yeah. Maybe tomorrow. Thank you very much. Tomorrow might be bigger. Tomorrow might even be smaller. I don't know. But anyways, yeah. nice playing with you, Bongs. Thank you, Terry. Cheers, team. Cool. Cheers. Bye bye. Tomorrow we do it again with life changing. Lorato with One Life Insurance Changing Lives. Uh, this made me laugh on our Facebook page. You can go and uh, see the interview again uh, of uh, Jocko and Leif, the two Navy SEALs that we just had in. Sure, we spoke to them for an incredible amount of time. Yeah, we could have spoken even more. Oh, yeah, I'll keep going. Yeah. I've, 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 I'm not out of questions yet. Yeah. Uh, a, a lady here says on Facebook that, you know, um, I'm sitting outside the gym being torn in two. Should I listen more or should I apply discipline and go to the gym? <laughs> 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 I think Jocko will let you off this one, you know that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he'll give you a pass. Yeah. We're almost out of time, five to nine. I must just tell you, Oaks, listen. Uh, a few tickets left to go see Extreme Ownership. Two Navy SEALs. You heard them this morning. 8.30 a.m. tomorrow. It's like a day's conference. Yeah. And I can guarantee you, you're going to come out there feeling a better person, more motivated, ready to take on this thing that we call life, that we more often than not take for granted mm. and misuse you know, the we- opportunity. You know, of all these leadership conferences that you see advertised, I think this is the first one that, like, you want your boss to go to. Yeah. Because these guys have led in the most extreme of circumstances. Yeah, but I want Ravi to get put through buds training. (laughs) I want to see him run on the beach with a telephone pole. (laughs) With Mm. those pigeon legs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, give it. I want to see. <laughs> I want to see Ravi. myself. I know you're listening. I want to see Ravi lying face first in the shore break, <laughs> taking that water up his nose. <laughs> ah, Ravi would Lying there for six hours. <laughs> Ravi would break, dude. <laughs> hey, <laughs> wouldn't you? How weak for Ravi? Yeah. So you know what? If if you want to sponsor your boss. Send your boss We can make it happen And it's happening tomorrow guys 8.30 to 3pm Then it's at Monte Casino In the ballroom And it's 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 very exclusive too It's not going to be One of these Mm. 10,000 people Mm. conferences Where you're not going to You're going to see He's going to look like An ant on the stage There's 400 people That's it. it 400 people It's that exclusive so you're right up there okay yeah i think for me to learn how to be a leader even in my home how to motivate my children how to my teenage girls and as a woman as a man doesn't matter to be a leader to take responsibility to do the right thing yeah 
Definitely. Yeah. No, I would have liked to have asked them. Not everyone can be a leader. What do you do with those people? Yeah. Be the best follower? Yes, you train them to be a good follower. Be disciplined, I guess. Yeah. yeah. To everyone. Not everybody wants to be a leader. For sure. Mm. Some people enjoy following. But that discipline is, works throughout every year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Etienne, how's it, buddy? Find yourself, Darren. Lekker. Listen, everybody's got the correct answer that we phoned, yeah. so uh, we don't need to go through them. But, uh, my man, congrats, you've got yourself two tickets. Whoa, okay, that's awesome, thanks. <laughs> okay, so uh, yeah. we'll see you there tomorrow, buddy. Yes, I will definitely arrange to go there then. Okay, are you working? What's the deal? Do you need to make um, a few calls? Yeah, I know. I will quickly arrange. I'm working, so I'm going to arrange with my boss and I. He's uh, from the old folks so that went to the army and you would appreciate me being a youngster to go there. Well, take, it, some, take him with. Discipline. Take him uh, with. I must, eh? Yeah, that'll get you yeah, both off. Yeah, all right, buddy. We'll see you there uh, tomorrow. Yeah, definitely. I'll organize it and I'll be there. Okay, lekker. Ciao, Etienne. <laughs> uh, Misha, how's it, Misha? Hi, Darren. I'm well, thanks for yourself. Cool. What are you doing tomorrow? Uh, well, I'm going, hopefully. <laughs> You're going to Extreme Leadership with Jocko oh, and Leif. Oh, thanks so much, Darren. That's so awesome. Thanks a lot, eh? All right, it's my pleasure. I'm just trying to get onto the Extreme Ownership website, but it seems like it's gone down. Yeah, I think it's crashed. From sheer volume. Yeah, incoming. I'm telling you now, the guys are still listening on the way back. Yeah. I think you need to open this room up bigger tomorrow. Yeah. Because yeah. the demand is going to be yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I want to go. Yeah. You know, so, We're on air. Yeah. Yeah, I know, Phil. I'm just trying to apply <laughs> discipline, okay? <laughs> Well, well, I'm going. I've got two tickets. I need a plus one. You okay. want to be my yeah, plus one, Brad? Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, you, okay, I'll be the guy because you act like a girl around Navy SEALs. I can't actually deny that. And I, I have nothing to say other than you're right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. Uh, Simon, how's it? Wicked. How are you, bud? I'm calling you, Simon. We're very, very good. I'm hoping you're going to give us the tickets. I'm in client development and IQ business, uh, South Africa's leading management consulting company, and hoping to take some teams for some extreme motivation. Okay, well, you got two tickets, bud. Wicked, thank you very much. What do I have to do next? You just need to sit by your phone and wait for Lebo to call you to give you the details. Wonderful. Have a wonderful day. Thanks, guys. Cool. Pleasure, Simon. Take care, buddy. Bye. See you tomorrow. Ciao. Okay, guys, that was the show today. Everything is up on Facebook. You can go and uh, have a look at that interview again. It's There's, there's a video of it. It's incredible viewing. And, um, yeah. How do you feel? Do you need to go sit by yourself now for a bit? I need to go to the toilet, cubicle number two, second floor, Prime Media Buildings, and just... Um, <laughs> Enjoy myself. No, no, kid. I mean, you guys know the respect yeah. I have for for the for the profession, the people, and everything. You so. know, I love the straight talking. Yeah. Yeah. These guys, you know, because you're always hearing press releases, and it's this is what happened, that's what happened, and to actually hear from them out, the people who have been in there and pulled the trigger. Yeah, it's something else, you know. Totally, yeah. All right, guys, that's it for today. Uh, Storm and Norman is back. She'll be on from 9 o'clock. Have yourselves a wonderful day. I'm off to go and play golf. 
in the yeah. Else for Autism Good luck. Golf Day. Yeah, and enjoy. Yeah, it's a, it's a great cause what Ernie Else does. Nice. So uh, I'll bring back some stories tomorrow. Your city, your 947 Breakfast Express.